0: What is up everybody? My name is Austin Buckner. Trevor Holder. And we are here with Thaddeus Holling. Dan Dickinson. Lean in and talk into that mic. And Michael Miller perfect uh, and uh, no offense to Trevor's apartment but we are in the most beautiful venue we've ever recorded a podcast in by far and no offense to uh, to Hy-Vee Hall as well but
1: yeah <laughs> I was gonna say the most spacious but then yeah you know, no I- this is
0: definitely the most beautiful building we've, we've been in so oh yeah uh, for those that don't know uh, Trevor and I are both from a little town in Iowa called Greenfield and uh, this is the this is the crown jewel for me in Greenfield Iowa and uh, a yeah. building that I've I've loved since the day I was born. Uh, we talk about the history of uh, this building, um, the renovation process that uh, that went into restoring this building, and uh, some of the events that you guys have held in this building already and uh, that you hope to, to hold in the future. So... Um, Yeah, this is an incredible episode. Love this building. Glad that we got to talk to all three of you guys.
1: It was a nice personal, like, nostalgia uh, episode, so... Yeah. It it was good to kind of relax and get away from the stupid, dumb, dumb jokes and stories that we had.
0: Dad jokes (laughs) and... This I is was a, trying to be on my best behavior oh it's okay yeah we just we had um, we, we we just did an interview uh, with Jack Stamper that's the most recent as of this recording the one that just went up and um, I'm pretty sure that Jack and I both admitted to a couple of crimes in that episode so I was oh, say yes. that's the one yeah. where you're talking about how he murdered your grandpa right? yes yes, yes. yes. Okay. my grand yes my grandfather died the night of his first wedding so uh, the last place that my grandfather was seen alive was at his wedding in Stewart so um, <laughs> we're all a little suspicious. Uh, we're still friends regardless, but yes. Uh, no, thank you guys again for allowing us in here um, to pitch our idea that we can't quite talk about yet. And then uh, to give us a tour. Um, I haven't seen this building in probably 10 years, so I'm, I'm very excited to be back inside and um, get to know more about it. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that you guys talked about that I had I had no idea. So it was very fun to sit down with all three of you. So uh, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. Now, before we get to this week's episode, we want to share with you guys some very important news. Uh, we have our very first live event happening September 30th at Eagles Club number 1398 That's in
1: Preston, right. Iowa. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's kind of our way of getting back to the community that kind of helped us be who we are now.
0: Yeah, Southwest Iowa um obviously we're we're both from there we went to middle school and high school in southwest iowa um this is a a great way to bring uh some entertainment and come and reconnect and connect uh with people from from that area Uh, southwest iowa has been super supportive so um we're gonna do a live podcast recording while we're there we'll have an incredible dj a full bar. Uh, it'll be a blast. Tickets are available right now. Uh, the de- link is in the description of this episode. It is ice cream Sunday, Sunday, like the day of the week dot ticketleap.com. Uh, buy your tickets. Come see us on September 30th.
1: Can't wait to see you there.
0: so i wanted to start out talking about the history of this incredible building which is uh i don't know if you can call it a skyline but if greenfield had a skyline this would be this would be the gem of the skyline it's like the principal building in in des moines oh yeah it's the building
2: in greenfield that everyone seems to know um
0: can you tell me a little bit about the history of the Cultural Center?
2: Yeah, again, um, the history of this building starts back actually to 1875 when Greenfield became a county seat. Uh, the original courthouse was actually right here where this building was, and after it burnt down, and uh, they later turned it into the Warren Cultural Center. Um, uh, it was built by Ed and Eva uh, Warren uh, in 1896 was the date of its completion. Uh, it was built on the site of the former Adair County courthouse, which burnt down in the 1880s. Um, Oh yeah. I guess the interesting fact about that was this was right after the courthouse was stolen from the neighboring town of Fontenelle in the middle of the night. Uh, A bunch of people went over there and stole all the courthouse records, loaded them onto wagons and brought them back to Greenfield. And so we are the county seat of Adair now. Um, And that would have been originally here on this site and then moved it next door. Um, Yeah, so that's how the building was originally built. It was, I don't know if Dan can tell me what was the original one. I can't remember off the top, was the dry goods store?
3: Yes, the Warrens built it as their dry goods store and their living quarters upstairs and also their opera house.
0: Is obviously, I you said that they left in the in the twenties, the nineteen twenties. So it's been you know almost a hundred years or about a hundred years since they they left Greenfield. Um, is much known about Ed and Eva? Um, how they got here? Why they why they built this building? Why they built an opera house?
3: Well, I Ed was in the business the business world. Uh, he worked for a time in Creston. I know uh, Eva was originally from Fontenelle, uh, so they got together, and uh, he uh, just was a very good businessman and wanted to have his own viz- business here on the square. So I believe he was on another in another store um, across the way and here on the square originally.
0: Sure, I know it was you know an an opera house uh, in name, but it, it, was it kind of like a community center or or? What what was the use for this auditorium?
3: Um, it was used for just about anything. Um, There's been talk that it was had cockfights up here, boxing. <laughs> oh, wow,
2: uh, <laughs> roller I, I, roller skating. I, I, yeah, there. I can give you a good rundown oh, okay. on some of the things for, that we've actually used this building for. So, starting in 1896, the original construction. Um, on the north of the Warren block, excuse me. Uh, in 1897, the surface was covered for the sidewalk where we had walked under earlier, where mm-hmm. you can have access to the basement. Um, let's see. In 1971, exterior brickwork w- brick was sandblasted, cleaned, and repointed, like we had recently done in the remodel. Uh, let's see. Getting to what it was actually used for here. Uh, in 1897, Tracy McGuire, ice cream, uh, was the store down there <laughs> yeah. in the, it, that was in the west basement on the first floor would have been the Warren Dry Goods Store, the, the, and the Opera House Drug Store by Jim Leach ran that place, uh, and the Heatherington block next door mm-hmm. would have been a shaving parlor in the basement of it, and also a newspaper called the Democrat in January nineteen twenty eight eighteen ninety seven. Uh, Let's see, going forward in time, Warren Dry Goods Stores was there until about 1910 when it became Coates and Boyd by Warren Dry. Oh, excuse me. Coates and Boyd bought Warren Dry Goods Store then. In 1913, it went back to Warren Dry Goods Store. Uh, In 1916, it was the Warren Dry Goods Store and Groceries in the back and the Dry Goods Store and McCrate or Van in the front. Um, Let's see. Goes on to uh, Mary's Tea Room in the year 1921, or 22, excuse me. Uh, pool Hall in 1922 was in the basement at one point. We had a bowling alley in the basement in 1959.
1: That would explain how long it is. It's
3: yeah. duck duck pin bowling, so
1: yeah, yeah. Oh. smaller pins and yeah. the smaller yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, there was, there was,
3: I'll just mention there were three lanes down there and oh, I've wow. heard that uh, you wanted to get on uh, Pud Curlin's lane because he would besides what you got paid for setting pins he would tip you a nickel every oh. game So
2: made good money off of it the most recently stuff we have in like the 1980s to the 90s was a Turner's Clothing Store was in the first floor Irene Starr was the manager and on the Hetherington Block was Mather's Pharmacy yep And the basement has been used for storage and currently getting reused for other events. Um, We had a dance studio here for a short time in the 2000s. And yeah
3: awesome and you mentioned mary mary's tea room way back when uh, i believe that's referring to mary wise who's who's the only black lady in town and there is a mary wise room now in in hotel greenfield
0: yes so i was going to mention that okay. So my, my grandma was in knoxville and she was at the hardys in knoxville this would have been uh earlier this week for a softball game in sigourney my cousin i think is a senior there and one of the best pitchers in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Carly. Mm-hmm. Um, some man, I think his name, I think my grandma said his name was Alan Smith, um, came up to her and said, hey, hey I see you have a Dare County plate, so you happen to be from Greenfield. And she said, yes. She said, there's a picture in the old hotel um, <laughs> of of this lady. I know where this and is going. <laughs> that's my, that's my <laughs> grandmother. Um, And so, yeah, just a kind of a small world story that, you know, um, my grandma was just, and then she, of course, explained that she used to live in the hotel when it was apartments on the second and third floor for a while. This would have been back in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe. Mm. So, yeah, um, yeah, small world. But um, I also wanted to get into... Bringing this building back to its its original use, which was this auditorium used for events, um, basically being used as the 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 cultural set piece for for Greenfield. When did that process begin?
3: Well, we had uh, gotten, uh, I guess a, a local lady purchased the building and had sat sat empty for quite some time, and this was about ninety six, I believe. And um, we had a there was a meeting in town, and and you could put your your name on this this tablet, and I put my name down, and it's kind of I've been here ever since. But it was basically we wanted to restore the building, we want to save the building. In fact, uh, our tuck pointer one of the first things we were doing was tuck pointing the walls, and he said if we had waited much longer, a whole wall would have fallen. Oh out wow! Into this into the alley, so. Yeah, um, we just uh, had a group of, of people interested in saving it and uh, just went from there, I guess. Did the, the, oh, the, I'm sorry. The, I... the
2: lady that actually purchased it was Yvonne Schillberg, and then she actually ended up gifting it to the Main Street Greenfield in 96. Um, Greenfield was just a new Main Street community, and the gifting of the building in Main Street in Iowa was like very helpful in the process. And then after that was when... Of
0: course. Right. Cool. Now, in... In 96, the effort to save the building, was this before or after the effort to to be have it listed on the national, the registry?
3: This would have been after that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it was already on on that registry mm-hmm. of, uh, of historic places. Um, and then the idea then was to save the building, to have it used for, for this purpose. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. They actually worked directly with the State Historic Preservation Office okay. in the renovation of it
3: and we could mention that it was like you said a a new main street community um and main street kind of like this is too big of a project for us because it ended up being a six and a half million dollar project and so we formed our own 501c3 nonprofit and kind of went from there so we still use main street but we were our own entity sure
1: so with um getting the opera house registered did that help get it restored as well being that it did get registered.
3: I'm sure that, that helped. Along
1: it
2: definitely the plays into grant writing for sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, during the process of renovation though, I believe that they kept running into more and more stuff like, uh, for example, the organization worked collaboratively with uh, Greenfield Chamber Main Street on focus on the historic preservation of it. And in 97, we were the recipients of the first 15,000 RACI grant to replace six of our curved glass turret windows and that beautiful turret we have. Um, when Jerry Christians then went up to put the windows in, it discovered that the wood frame under the copper skin had actually deteriorated. So they actually had to remove and repair that copper. Well, then they took some of that copper actually and distributed it to local artists. And they turned it into artwork that we now sell and evas for jewelry and that's stuff right, like yeah. that. So that's very cool. Um, 96 is when it,
0: when this 501 C is established, mm-hmm. um, and then you were telling me earlier that the the renovation project was was really finished in in 2012. Um, what happens between those years to get this building to where it is today?
3: Well, kind of at the first we we had somebody on the board that was a really good grant writer, so we would we would she would write a, a grant and we would get uh, matching funds and that sort of thing. So we'd do little little bits. Uh, we'd wanted to fix the roof you know, so it wouldn't leak in the roof anymore and tuck pointing and that, those things that you don't notice. Uh, this went on, we, we got our first elevator put in. Um, <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> later on we had some people from the state were out here and they're like,
2: you notice he said first elevator. Yes.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, the people said, are you wanting to see this project? finished in your lifetime. Do you want to see this finished? And we're like, well, yeah. But uh, said, you need to think bigger. So it, we ended up going a different direction. It was, we did little things, you know, it was, we used our money well and we got things done, but it was, we had to look bigger. Sure. So um, we took advantage of a lot of like Vision Iowa and and the uh, different state grants. We had uh, different governor's uh, names of different parties on signs out in front you know during the process yeah so.
0: so this this building that we're in right now was this was the original like what you wanted to to renovate the the building that i know as mathers pharmacy that originally wasn't part of the correct is that correct mm-hmm. um when did those buildings become acquired along with this project and what, and what what was the process of going going into that and kind of making this uh, a much larger complex than?
2: Oh, I can't remember the date when we acquired oh. the Hetherington Block, but wouldn't they've been joined during the reconstruction? Isn't that when they added on the stuff to combine them all?
3: It was before the final plans were. Yeah, when we were. I was
0: of- I was working as a as an intern at ksib radio i got
2: it 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 was in may 2010 sorry that's what i thought because i was
0: working as a as a intern at ksib and they sent me to a meeting that was out at the um the golf course the country club um was there a company or uh, an LLC or something so, that was created called ADCO or something?
2: I don't have a name, but in 2010, the, the, the association here launched a $5.4 million capital campaign to restore and rehabilitate the Opera House, house, Hetherington, and Taylor buildings, too. Uh, the association le- le- leveraged private contributions with local, county, state, and federal grants and tax credits to successfully restore these buildings into a retail, dining, entertainment, lodging, and cultural arts venue. Yeah. Named the Warren Cultural Center, and, and yes. the
3: adco you're referring to would be for the old ho- the hotel for the renovation. hotel. Okay, yeah, perfect.
2: Yeah, okay,
0: and and those were separate projects, is right. that correct?
3: And they were done about the same time. Yeah, so it, yeah.
1: It and I think
0: that's where like my grandma was talking about. She's like, I always get that confused that they're two separate projects because it seemed like the the hotel was renovated and the Olive Branch, uh, I, a building that I used to work at when I worked at the the Free Press, mm-hmm. um, was all renovated right around the same time. So this mm-hmm. this whole kind of city block just really came back to life all, all at once, which was an incredible thing to see for someone that, um, you know, has, has lived in this community, grew up in this community, was born in this community. And, then um, you know, you've been here much longer than I have. So, Mm -hmm. um, speak to that. What, what does it mean for you to, to see all of your hard work and and everyone's hard work that's been a part of this project to see, you know, what, what it is now?
3: well it's been very rewarding and like uh, like you said there was many 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 volunteer hours uh, spent um in in doing this and it's just to see what it what it looked like when when the building was acquired to what it is today i mean we sitting in this room there were uh there were tarps lying on the floor to catch the 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 water coming through the roof uh, back in the day And, and we certainly have pictures of that that uh, it's just amazing that it turned out as as it did. I'm very proud.
0: Can you talk about the state that the building was in when you this would have been ninety six? Is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, well,
3: there were big areas of the ceiling that the the plaster had fallen in. Um, there were lots of up in the attic. Um, there were bird carcasses. Um, bird poop that uh, we uh, carried out by hand uh, there was an old piano sitting back in the in the back of the this auditorium that was completely covered with bird droppings and that uh, volunteers hauled that down the stairs and and a, a gentleman uh, restored that uh, his name was Mike Miller and just redid uh, had to actually make some of the pieces it was an 1883 chickering i believe was the, the name of it so it's not something you go in you know the piano store and get replacement parts but it's all restored and it's now in Neva's store uh which is on
0: the first floor when restoration began in 96 this particular room the auditorium how long had it been unused uh ooh that's a good question.
3: Um, kind of the the last event, I believe, was in maybe the 40s that they had oh, something wow. up here. So it probably been empty that long. We, of course, this, the first floor was always a business sure. uh, up until there wasn't. But uh, uh, yeah, when the movie theater came in and that kind of uh, shot the, what, you know entertainment for people sure, and sure and uh, so it was it was just kind of empty since then um they did show some movies in here before it closed down so um,
0: more than 40 almost 50 years that this room had not been had I, not been used i would i would think so wow. other than the store below
3: would bring things up sure. just a store and there were like lots of junk that was you know that was just
0: discarded so you talked about the, the the bird droppings and and bird carcasses. Uh, what were some of the other um, hurdles that you had to, to, to jump over to to get this building looking the way it is today? What were some other issues, or what was some of the other work that was
2: done?
3: Uh, well, it's uh, I think that issue has something. Um, it. <laughs> I mean,
2: there was a bunch of stuff. You know, in the early years, there was really nothing like sexy or inviting about the initial improvements uh what, what haven't we done tuck pointing windows replacements concrete floors uh woodwork floors uh plasters uh you know really interesting thing is all the stenciling work that's done in this building is the original stenciling work that was found or that was on it original and it had been painted over throughout the years obviously so from all the water damage that happened to the building it actually benefited us a little bit because some of the areas that the water damaged, actually allowed the artists to remove the layers of paint to get back to the original stencils, and that's how they were able to remanufacture all the original stencils. Um,
3: And I'd throw in there that uh, Z Painting was the ones who did our stenciling and same, same guys that work on the Iowa State state house. And, uh, that's what they were saying. And, and they would come out on the, on the weekends kind of moonlighting yeah. uh, from their regular job. And there was no heat up here and it'd be like February and they would be up, uh, going through these layers and, you know, finding the original stenciling and that sort of thing. So
0: yeah. the, the dome and, and the, the ceiling anyway, was there, what, what equipment was It was like a scissor lift or.
3: They basically had uh, scaffolding that they put oh, up. Oh, okay. And so wow. get it up high enough, and yeah. then they would be up there on their back, you know, painting when when it came to that point. I well,
1: can't imagine that dome. how difficult that would eat. have been.
2: yeah. That's the dome you mentioned is uh, 13 foot wide with a three foot height in the cent- to the center, and it's pretty unique about this place. Uh, the other thing that makes this auditorium kind of unique around here is that it's a two-story auditorium with the ceiling removed from that first floor. And we have a balcony that can sit 22 people on it as well. So that's kind of unique for around here. Um, And
3: one thing amazing about the seating, we have a book of of old opera houses in Iowa, and they said the seating capacity in here was six hundred. Back in the day when it
2: opened, yeah, the fire marshal now one of would never say. let us have They're over two hundred much skinnier people, I think. Yeah, back Probably. Then. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> but just to kind of wrap it all up for you, as far as that construction stuff goes, the construction had officially began on this in May of 2011 with the weekly meetings with architects, uh, construction managers, subcontractors. Um, the construction manager company rented the old pool hall here for their offices. Um, it's now the uh, Dare County. Department of Veterans Affairs. I think uh, there were 27 subcontractors working on this project. Some were very, very specialized, such as like the stencil mm-hmm. artists and the plaster workers. Uh, there are about 15,000, excuse me, 1,500 man hours and uh, 67,000 dollars worth of the, just the stenciling alone. Uh, there's 21 patterns, different patterns in the auditorium, parlor, hallway, balcony and only one is repeated. So, yeah, that was kind of the general gist of what went into that part. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the
0: stenciling because when we had our tour before we recorded this this podcast, you had taken me to, um, you know, some of their, their quarters and that sort of thing, and the stencils are all different in every room. I was room. just going to bring that yeah, up. That's, yeah,
2: that's... You know, something, I don't know, talking about the owner's room, at and Eva's original, where they would have lived, If you when you were walking around in there, if you just look at, like, the attention to the detail there, not only did they have those beautiful, unique stencils in every room, but the floors in every room yes. with individually hand-carved Gorgeous. wood pieces laid we, down.
1: We had specifically mentioned that and, and talked yeah, about that yeah. when we were taking the tour. Like, that was probably one of the coolest parts about I'm, that area. I
2: can only imagine, you know, walking up on this place from the outside as an owner and building this place could have been, had to be so, you know, filling with pride to be like, yeah, that's my skyline right there. yeah But to have the rooms then on top of that look like they're living in just the lap of luxury had to be amazing.
1: And we were told about um the plank flo- flooring because that was like one of the first like wall to wall carpeting as well. in the living room. Yes. Yeah. Right off of the turret. turret. Now, did that
3: extend to the turret as well or was the turret, uh hard floor uh that's a good question i think it was basically the same as that kind of floor
0: gotcha
2: so interesting little thing about that turret that i've heard stories of is back in the good old days back in the old old days uh when they would have events here and stuff like that if you go up in that turret so on our second floor you can go in the turret and then above it one more floor you can go in the turret well then if you're on that in the airbnb that we have if you're in that room and you look up above you in the turret there's a little hole cut out and if you look up in there there's actually a bench that goes all the way around the top of the turret and from my understanding is that's where like the good old boys used to go and like they would have their cigars or hang out up there for a while and stuff yeah. like that way back in the day so i always thought that was kind of cool
0: uh when i was a kid my grandpa used to tell me that he remembered when the turret uh, was still like the copper color and uh, then I realized how old this building was. I was like, "No, you, no, you didn't. No, you didn't." Um,
1: you had also mentioned um, the movie Peacock uh, <laughs> being filmed in that area as well. So uh,
3: yes, there there was uh, w- the, what I mentioned. There was the motel room scene was in there. Yeah, uh, I didn't tell you that in this space here they had a reconstruction of the bank yep. uh, room. Yep. It was the basement. It, uh, in the movie, it looks like he's going downstairs into the basement of this bank, and that was that was constructed right right in this area. So they come in through this door down and in in that scene, and and the movie company. when they were done, they said, "Well, you want to just leave that here?" You know, this is before this was, of course, all renovated. Sure. And we're like, uh, "No, we can't have that here. <laughs> That's not going to fit." <laughs> they into just our didn't plan. want to do the work to tear it That's back right, down. That's yeah. <laughs> right. So.
0: This, this is a question I've always wanted to ask someone from Greenfield. So obviously, um, you know, we're we're known for Cold Turkey, the Dick Van Dyke movie, which is probably a little bit more family friendly than Peacock. <laughs> Although I did
3: have swear words in it that totally shocked some of the people.
0: <laughs> so when you when you I think you can you can show someone Cold Turkey and you can say, hey, this is this is filmed in Greenfield. Um are you as proud of, of Peacock as you are of Cold Turkey?
3: Oh, I have a special place in my heart for Cold Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in that movie. So really, yeah, yeah, I was in the the high school band was in the movie, and I was a freshman in high school. And so, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. But uh, <laughs> so uh,
1: a friend of mine um, who I had gone to school with here uh, told me a story about how his mom was in the movie as well. But they, I believe, they were filming a scene. Uh, in one of the stores, and uh she had walked through because she didn't know, and so I think that's in the movie or it, it, she at least got in the shot and realized what had happened, and just immediately dipped back out
3: well it is it's interesting because when you were living in that time, you could be walking through you know yeah. there's they're shooting things, and they weren't quite as. I don't know if they were, you know, nowadays, I don't, I think they're probably clear an area and say, sure. you can't yeah. be in here, but you, it could be shooting. And I've, I've saw like Norman Lear and Dick Van Dyke sitting over in the chairs, you know, in between takes and stuff like that. So I remember that been really cool. <laughs> I obviously
0: was not alive when that movie was filmed in seven, 69. 69, 69. So 30 year anniversary, we had a big celebration for that movie. Dick Van Dyke was in town. It was huge. Two things I remember about that celebration. One, I was part of the, the city tour that showed different locations where they filmed different scenes. Apparently there was a scene where like a mom shoved ice cream in a kid's face or something Mm -hmm. like that. That was me. That was me Uh, in in 99. My grandma shoved ice cream in my face probably every 30 minutes for many, many hours that day. Uh, The second thing I remember is there was a swing dance competition. Did I know how to swing dance? I sure did not. But I learned that day and Morgan Abel and I at 10 years old apiece uh, won that swing dance competition. She still has the trophy.
1: (laughs) <laughs> look, I thought I could do swing dance when I saw Back to the Future and I realized, no, there's no way. Yeah.
0: And it's uh, kind of
2: okay. interesting to actually still have a little bit of Norman Lear here. He actually signed the back of our stage up here on the backstage. So you can go up and look at his signature I there. was
0: going to ask that. This It is the Norman Lear stage. Is that
2: correct um <laughs> well Nor- that's okay so that's an interesting story so yes ideally we would like to have called it the Norman Lear stage and i believe it was called that for quite a while Norman Lear theater or theater oh, excuse right, okay. me Norman Lear theater um but that came kind of with the idea that you know like maybe Norman Lear would be interested in supporting the arts around here and so we were hoping for some funds to come from that but it never happened and uh tried reaching out to Norman Lear's foundation and stuff like that. So now we don't have it that anymore.
3: But Norman Lear was here when we presented it to him. And and he made a comment like, oh, I thought maybe you were giving me the building.
1: So
0: (laughs) We thought, well, maybe if we paid it off, uh (laughs) the ice cream Sunday podcast theater. (laughs) Hey, we just got to work on it. Yeah. We we only got to sell a a billion more t-shirts. Yeah. Um, it's once, just gonna be
1: the outline of like the opera house oh yeah that'd be great
0: yeah we'll, we'll just keep adding podzilla but to instead the, of the turret you'll have yeah. the ice cream cone hanging off the side yes. of the building. Uh, so yeah.
1: I don't know if you saw the post oh because, I did oh yeah I did. okay perfect
0: <laughs> so uh, we're skipping ahead many many years here this building reopens this this theater is a theater again there's events here there's music there's there's concerts there's weddings Talk about that feeling seeing the community use this building as it was originally intended, intended again.
3: Yeah, that's that's very satisfying. I mean, like you say, it's it's we, we use it for many things. We even had a, a funeral visitation in here for uh the wife of a former board member. So uh yeah, it's it's and the nice thing about it is we uh there's no fixed seating in here. So you can do whatever you want in here.
0: I was I mean, going to ask about that, if that was by design. Being from Pella, I'm sure you've been in the Pella Opera House, so their seating is kind of that slanted, um, like it's higher in the back, and then it slopes down, kind of like the grand theater, movie theater here in Greenfield. Um, was there origi- Was originally, was there fixed seating in, in the theater? There, or? There,
3: there was not. It oh, was okay. always uh, movable seating, Um except possibly up in the, the balcony, I think, okay. where where we do have some seating like, like they would have had back then. Okay.
1: But,
2: we have semi-fixed seating in the balcony right now, so it's fixed seats that are just sitting there. Gotcha,
0: gotcha.
1: <laughs> now, you had mentioned when you guys were um, restoring, we uh, were going to knock out some of the rooms just to make it one large room, and then you went in the detail about, like, oh, no, this works perfectly for storage, and we can just move... Like the chairs and and whatever stored in there, just straight across in the auditorium.
3: Right. Uh, one of the the funding uh, venues we used was was the historic tax credits, and so there are stipulations that you can't change certain things. Look, so what I was referring to is the um, there were these small rooms over in the Heatherington upstairs, and we couldn't like make one big meeting room or something in there. You had to keep it like it was so certain things rules that you can't you can't do when you're using historic tax credits
2: so like as of right now we have an auditorium in the stage that you can rent um we have a first floor with a lobby and a gallery a green room that you can rent we have an airbnb that's 150 dollars a night with two bedrooms Mm -hmm. um you can rent the second floor Uh, We have a catering prep room that can be rented, so we can pretty much host any kind of event that you would need to do here. We do everything from, like Dan said, from funeral stuff to politics to obviously music and performances to uh, classes to anything you know a lot of youth uh reach out programs and stuff like that uh i can't even think of what else we use this place for uh currently trying to maximize our usage of other areas of the building outside of the auditorium like our basement where we're going to be holding a concert series down there um so yeah
3: i just throw in that uh, we can rent you can rent the whole building like for a wedding that's uh one thousand six hundred fifty dollars
0: that's for, not bad at for, all for no. the
3: whole building. As someone who
0: just got married in a different offer house a year ago, that's not bad at all. <laughs>
3: and and yeah. we've heard people say, "My gosh, you know, they've looked at places like eight thousand dollars just to rent the facility, and it's not near like this is." So I think I spent about three
1: thousand on a giant barn for my wedding. And how much did you spend on your?
0: I though I don't even know. <laughs> <Right>. My my <laughs> wife and her parents took care of that. I'm I'm. Yeah.
2: And we we even have our own liquor license here. So if you guys if somebody were to rent a place we can sell beer and stuff too. So
1: how much would um because you had talked about uh renting out the basement to um artists and bands and what your plans were for that, uh how much would that run uh artists to rent out the basement as opposed to like say the auditorium?
2: Well the basement never really had a formal price on it because it's not a <laughs> completely finished thing. Uh my current project down there kind of goes hand in hand with the way the basement looks as far as sure. grunge and dirty. But uh, I mean I would assume it would be around forty dollars for the day because that's what our other rooms are and the basement would probably be around there. Forty, forty five to fifty dollars a day.
3: Uh, the auditorium is fifty five dollars an hour is what we rent this for. So uh, that's actually really
0: Or uh, yeah, yeah. I meant hour. Sorry, yeah, no, no, not not day. (laughs) I'm gonna get back to the underground in a second. When when this building opened, you talked about you know funeral visitations, and there's been obviously weddings, concerts. Are there any um, specific events that stick out to you as as some of your favorites over the years? Oh,
3: you know, I think probably in our first year, we we really went, you know, had some really awesome acts. I I remember Tyco drumming was one that really made an impression on on me um and we we have tried to partner with the school on a lot of things like that, so we had Tycho drumming in two of the buildings I know of of the school that they did the assemblies and but uh yeah, that one I think that sticks out in my mind is
0: is uh, some of the performances uh, uh, that have always stuck out to me um are the cumberland Rose players um I don't think it's. And again, I grew up in this in this community. I haven't lived in very many other communities this size. I would say it's not typical for a community of this size to have a, a community theater. Um, you know, I think what, what is there less than three thousand people that live in, in oh, Greenfield? Less than two thousand. Less than two thousand. Yeah. So eighteen hundred instead yeah. of twenty eight hundred. I was off by a <clears> thousand. But I don't think it's 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 common for a community of this size to have a community theater. That's very special, and and obviously. I talk about it almost every day. My my grandfather's my hero. Like, that's that's the coolest person I've ever met in my life. And uh, I remember he was part of, a, I, I believe, the name of the play was A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Um, I always remember him being in, in that particular play. And, of course, before my time, he also played the Tin Man in a, The Wizard of Oz. And then that's, that's why we always... Um, like, we always gifted him little, like, Christmas ornaments, the t- Tin Man and stuff. So, Cumberland Rose Players Community Theater was was very important to him. So, to have those, it wasn't, kind of wasn't he,
3: didn't he play the judge in a, a one that they actually did over in the courthouse? I believe oh, I wasn't um, in that one,
0: but that might, have been before, oh, that might have been before my time. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't remember. And I cut you off, Thaddeus. What were you going to say? Um,
2: yes, I don't remember <laughs> at this point now. I'm, I'm looking through all my notes. I, you know, I'm, I came in a lot later than Dan and the rest of them. Uh, so I, uh, if you hear paper flipping, that's me trying to no, f- remember no, all my history. Is there, today. I'll all
0: asking the same question. Is there any performances, any events that stick out to you? Is some of your favorites? Uh,
2: again, recent uh, yeah, we recently had an event from Nashville actually come up here and play, and it was the most sold-out show that we had had here so far, so much that we had to seat people up in the balcony. Um, I do know that from... And they were called the... Uh uh, oh, yeah. The David Graham and the Eskimo brothers, and they were amazing, <laughs> and we hope to have them back again sometime. I did know from reading that the, in two thousand February of 2003, the association hosted the Pentel International Children's Art Exhibi- yes. Exhibition for the first time, and I'm not sure how relative it is now, but up until the writing of this paper that I'm looking at, it happened here every year except for one, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool because, you know, being a long and old place, uh, we actually have... Bad history in this place as well, uh, in like. 1903, for example, there was a noteworthy event that actually happened here in the Warren Block. Uh, the auditorium was selected as a distribution center for one of the orphan trains that came through from New York <laughs> City's Children Aid Society, screened orphans up front uh, to select only the well-meaning and willing boys and girls, and required that on- the children only be clothed, schooled, and otherwise retained until the age of 18. Uh, the local, wow. The local sponsoring committee included Edward Warren and others of Greenfield. So it's good that we can now give back to the community in a way that's not demeaning of children and taking advantage of them, but instead uplifting them and helping them th- succeed in life. Speaking of wild events that happened in this auditorium, maybe
0: this is an urban legend. Maybe it did, it did happen. Was there a live bullet fired in this auditorium at one point? <laughs> that is correct, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was during a play and it
3: was up on stage and uh, they didn't know they had live ammunition in there, I guess. But uh Yeah. They pulled a Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I wanted to get back to the underground because this, uh, if I if I my calendar is correct, this should come out like the first Sunday in August. I know you have an event coming up on August 26th um, in the basement of the cultural center. Uh, it's a concert series called the Underground. you will talk a little bit about correct. that and, and kind of what your uh, your vision is with that.
2: Uh, well, my ultimate vision would be a NPR Tiny Desk style bare bones mtv unplugged and yeah, yeah mtv unplugged just you know get down to the basics uh really what it is is we had an empty basement sitting there and i want to make this place work and i want to try to make money for it we have a bunch of youth around here that don't really have a lot of stuff to do and we <laughs> do a lot you. of shows we do a lot of shows around you know upstairs here but we need to get some more shows that are more towards the youth and uh the upstairs has kind of got you know the Everybody knows, like, oh, that's where all the old people go to watch, you know, Dolly Parton sing-alongs or Elvis Presley impersonators. Uh, so, we have this grungy – yet I don't, I
3: don't remember off- Dolly Parton being here yet.
2: I, 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 <laughs> it was just a name. I'm sorry. Generational name that I thought of at the time. Um, uh, we have this basement that's just perfect for an underground garage-style uh Atmosphere show. And, uh, so what we're going to do is really interesting. You can actually enter the building from the outside walking underneath the square, and it's kind of unique. So that's yeah, where we get the it's, underground it's idea so from. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, to be a, 12 and under will be free, $5 tickets uh, at the door, cash only. Uh, It's going to be three bands that I hope uh, we have two for sure. Uh, I'm not going to say any names yet because I want to get them all hammered out before we do anything. But it would be about a four-hour set uh, with, like I said, three bands. Uh, The bands ideally are going to be coming, one's from Omaha, uh, one's from our Greenfield area, and one will be from the Des Moines area ideally. That way we can kind of get that whole swath there and get people out from every area east to west uh and i would hope to turn it into a continual series uh this first trial run is going to be a go uh yeah we're just going to see how it goes man i just yeah
0: the feedback that i've seen from all the other little metalhead dorks in this town yeah. uh <laughs> they they love it yeah so, uh,
2: and uh, <laughs> All my friends and my wife included are all metalheads. They all only wear black. I'm the only one who listens to John Prine and Todd Snyder. So (laughs) this isn't really my forte. But And going forward, the underground won't always be metal per se. Uh, uh, Ideally, I'll do all sorts of genres because I want to get all sorts of ages in here and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the, the first show is obviously metal because that's just who I have access to. And it's a good opening show for what I want the theme you, of the place to did be. Did you
0: say all sorts of ages? Yeah. I thought you said all sorts of Asians. And I'm oh. like, I'll be there. I mean, I'll, I will be there. <laughs> I'll take Asians too, man. Yes, you'll <laughs> we'll have one Laotian there. <laughs> all right. Get,
1: uh, get the who in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you you went into detail. And wh- what kind of excites me about the, uh, the underground is like when we went down there and, and toured it and checked it out, uh, you went into detail about how everything was going to be laid out, like where the stage was, where um, merch was going to be, uh, a seating area, mosh, um, and even like where the alcohol sale was going to be. And what I enjoyed most about it was the fact that, like, you've clearly put a lot of thought and effort and care into like trying to make it work as best as possible
2: yeah absolutely and we also want to make sure that it's as safe as possible too so uh, i have plenty of volunteers that would be there to help out with keeping an eye on the place Uh, when you come in actually you will be id'd immediately Uh, if you're over 21 and you're interested in drinking alcohol we will have wristbands that you will be able to purchase uh, to you know purchase the alcohol or that you'll be able to get in order to purchase the alcohol Uh, if you're caught without a wristband and you have alcohol i don't care your age you will be leaving um we want to make this a place where both the younger adults and the older adults can come enjoy get out of the limelight get down in a dark grungy hole (laughs) get down to bear business throw some bows have some fun Drink a couple beers with your friends. Uh, Yes, and then to the, you know, one side of the room, you'll be able to take a break, get a breather, get out of the pit, check out the merchandise from the bands that are available, get yourself a drink. We have fully, uh, uh, full bathrooms down there. Uh, Actually, the bathrooms are probably the two nicest rooms down there. So... uh, yeah it's gonna have a good flow to the floor i think Uh, as you come in the front you have an option to go right over to get your free or your drinks and stuff or you can go right on into the mosh pit work your way towards up the front you see a band you like oh then you move right to the right and their merchandise is going to be right there so i think it's going to be a good night
0: there uh when i was when i graduated college i was working at ksib radio so i was living in creston my best friend in the world jack stamper was still living here in greenfield and I work with Jack. Do you really? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that dude. He's my best friend in the world. Um, hi, Jack. He's uh, my Brian Jameson. Then. Oh yeah, he is. He <laughs> is my Brian Jameson. Um, so where was I going with this? Oh, he, so th- there was a, uh was a welding company or a pallet building, building that came open um, in 2011. It's on Jackson street, I think. Maybe, but anyway, it's this big warehouse building here in town, and uh, across for, from the post office. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So for for a cool ninety thousand dollars, we could have bought that building, and <laughs> this is this is the very idea that we had. Was like, it's 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 not heated. It's not, you know, there's no air conditioning. It's just a grimy, just a big building with a concrete floor. We're going to put a stage in it and we're just going to, we're going to bring the music that we love to Greenfield. This is the idea that we had. Um, we actually toured the basement to do something like this and to see that very idea come to fruition. And then to have the first concert be the kind of music that we would have booked 12 years ago, um, very, very cool. Very, very cool. So uh I I know Jack is excited for it. He's one of the metalhead nerds that I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. So
2: well I mean there's so many of you guys around here. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. I, I blame Slipknot mostly. Oh, a hundred percent. We don't have anything else to do. <laughs> uh you know, just so you know, there is the bar for sale now in here in Greenfield. So if maybe me, you, Jack, Brian, it's only three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, you know, maybe we can just think about it. You know, you got fans. That's, that's more than my buy house. shirts, peoples <laughs> buy shirts. Yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, what were we talking about? We were talking about on uh, we were talking about buying something, and I was like, we'd only need to sell like yeah. seven million stickers. <laughs> wasn't it? I don't remember what. Wasn't it Wasn't was it an office space or yeah, studio something. space or something like that? Yeah,
1: I I almost said your your grandma's place. But. I
0: have been trying to convince my grandmother to keep. Our home on Grant Street in the family. She's wanting to sell it, and I was like, "Perfect, sell it to me, and we'll turn it into something." Uh, even in, you know, even if it's just like a rental or something. I just want to keep it in the family. There's so there's too many memories there to throw it away to some other family. No offense to anyone else that might be interested in buying it, but I, I want it. So, events for the future, other than um, the underground. What are some other events that are are coming up that people can look forward to?
2: Um, well, we're running at the end of our series, or we're getting to the end of our series. Sure. Our series usually starts in September, and we don't really have our next series planned yet completely, so we don't want to go throw names out. We do have a show coming up next Saturday. July
3: 29th. July 29th. That'll be after this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we will talk about it either. Oh, yeah,
2: Before yeah. The- we do have a show coming up. It's going to be Garth Brooks Impersonator. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. I love, the-
1: I love his actual name, though. Did you notice what his name was? It's Jeff Gordon. Yeah, is yeah. it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I thought I thought it was like a a Jeff Gordon and Garth Brooks impersonator. <laughs> I was just like, man, that's the wild. thing that I love
0: is that I have like I have just as many friends that are excited about
2: Garth Brooks that I do about metal. Oh well, that's concerts. good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. But yeah, that would be the last concert of our series this year. Awesome. So, um awesome. Outside of that, we recently had uh the this traveling uh, theater group come here and they did a week long program with the children here in Greenfield where they put on a play c- at the end of it all called the uh, Matterhorn call of the Ma- Matter- call of the Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome. And that was really, really successful. Um, again, before that we had that Nashville band that was a really successful time this year.
3: We have a good variety of things uh, we had a guy who did Churchill. We got a guy who did Abraham Lincoln we had a, a couple who travel around in a a old converted school bus who does like indie indie type music and uh cover of that was a cover band mm-hmm. we did out of Des Moines. Um
2: so, so currently we have Dan Dickinson, Michael Miller, Ryan Stonebreaker, Nancy Quick, and Thaddeus Holly, me uh on the board. Doug. Oh and, and, and Doug Armstrong, one of our new our newest Sorry, excuse me, our newest one and one of our most wonderful ones, Doug Armstrong. Uh, Three of them joined the board this year, last year, two last year and one this year. So that's really good movement for us going forward. Um, I want to continue that. Uh, Michael is, you know, uh, the younger one, one of the younger ones. So it's good that we're finally getting some younger people on the board with us uh, we'd love to get somebody such as yourself on the board going forward. I will be here. Hint, hint. Yeah. Is uh, there a, is
0: there a limit to the number of board members you can have?
2: we are running under what we're supposed oh, to have right now. So, I will be there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we meet once every or once every Wednesday, not literally once every month on Wednesdays usually. Perfect. And we usually keep them to about an hour. Uh, and they're open to public, by the way, if anybody from the public ever has any good ideas or anything that they'd like to see. I wondered about that. Because come to our board meetings, pitch them to us. Yeah, we came, we came to pitch our, our silly little idea. And then I was like,
0: am I supposed to be listening to all of this confidential information? I- uh,
2: it, no, it's all public information, man. This is a nonprofit. You know, this is about the public. You know, I... Uh, I believe that what makes a society work is the people that don't get talked about. You know, everybody knows about the firefighters. Everybody knows about the cops and the, the fi- you know, people don't know about the soccer coach that, you know, keeps yeah. that soccer team going. People don't know about the Dan Dickinsons that take every picture of every event of everything. You know, those are the heroes. <laughs> my- people don't know about the people donating half of their income to an opera house, you know, to keep it funded because they want to, you know, they believe in the the, the I meaning behind it love staying connected to my hometown
0: and for that dan you are one of my favorite facebook friends because i see photos of all of the sports and all of the events and yeah it's awesome. dan's a that hero was, I, uh, yeah. well,
3: I would i would say you know we we are a volunteer board um we don't have a director presently and so everybody does their thing like michael's our it guy he's amazing thaddeus is our guy from about anything and uh, <laughs> we just all have kind of our own roles but uh, yeah we welcome anybody who uh, can help us out absolutely
0: anyway. yeah i have uh i have some crazy band connections from the des moines area that uh, i could i could bring to the table and i all just right. want to see this place
2: succeed absolutely uh bands um art artists uh any kind of Anything really anybody has any idea that they want to see, it's like just, incredibly handsome podcasters, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. reoccurring podcasts from here, yes,
0: yeah. Um, someday, someday we'll be on that stage. But, uh, is there any other, uh, any other stories, anything that we didn't ask about that you guys really wanted to talk about that you'd want the public to know about the Cultural Center?
2: Um, just like as I was saying, we are a 501c3, we are always looking for funding, uh, assistance donations you it's tax deductible um we have ed and eva's gift store if you're wanting to donate and help out but you don't really have the money to just donate when christmas rolls around or birthday presents roll around come on in our shop we have delicious uh salts and oils to cook with that i actually i use myself they have a blood orange uh, olive oil that's really good to that use for cooking with um even dog treats. Dog treats, my, I get my, I, I think I buy all the dog treats, actually. <laughs> my dog gets fatter because of them. Uh, there's just a little of everything in there, quite honestly, like I said. And it's a way to support us and help continue on, continuing on the, the march of progress that we have here at the Warren Cultural Center.
1: So where, uh, where can people go if they do want to donate?
3: Well, if you just go to warrenculturalcenter.com, that's our website. We do have Facebook presence uh we certainly would take uh, a check in the mail (laughs) Uh, but there's a phone there's a phone number there if they want to call and leave a message about something uh our address here is 154 public square um greenfield iowa 5849 so but uh we just like to hear from you know suggestions or or anything of course we'd love the money but uh you know we we would take we, we would and we're Thank also many.
2: always looking for volunteers too. So myself, you know, I was a young father growing up. I didn't have a lot of money. And even to this day, I still struggle. So the way I give back more than being able to donate money to this place is by becoming the president of the place <laughs> and doing what I can with all my volunteer time. Uh, so if you're just somebody that's looking you know, to do something, to feel a little bit better about yourself, because you do when you do something like volunteering, uh, just... Hit us up, come out, help for a show, help sell concessions, help clean up. Uh, I mean, there's just so many simple things you can do. And if you're nice and we will probably just let you in the show afterwards in, or before anyway, you're going to help out. So you get a free show out of it, you yeah. to help too. So you don't have to like join the board to come help out here. You can just come and pitch your ideas and then get slowly sucked in until you <laughs> join the board with <laughs> us and you're stuck here.
0: I, uh, it would be, it would be a dream, come honestly, a dream come true to be a member of the board here. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but when I was a kid, I uh, I sold popcorn out of Eddie's Popcorn Stand to raise money for this place. So, well, you can so do that again because now I, we
2: currently buy popcorn from the local theater and sell it here during nice. our shows in order to support local businesses. I believe you businesses.
1: did mention that when uh – we were in the meeting earlier. I probably did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. And Some my daughters my worked moments. at that at that same thing, yeah. probably at the same time you did. Probably, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're very close in age. But, uh, yes, uh, Thaddeus, Dan, and, and Michael as well. Thank you, all, <laughs> all three, for allowing us in here. Um, yeah, I, I love this building. Um, I've always wanted to, to do a podcast on it and uh, someday a podcast in it. So, oh, we will. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you.